We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, April 1st, and you got one guarantee from us today. There will be no April Fool's jokes in oh, today's podcast. Come so on. when we talk about All how right. we saw an RPO at practice today, it is not an April Fool's joke. Okay, <laughs> Today, my name is Brian Drusco. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. Joined today by my guy, Vince D'Addario, who's also our football analyst. And Vince, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame quarterback battle and just to, at the end, some impressions of spring practice that kind of ties into this a little bit. So I guess the question first begins, Vince, is we've seen a lot of Drew Pine running yeah. with the first team offense. Yeah. Brian Kelly had a lot of comments about Drew Pine. We've talked a lot about Drew Pine uh, in the past. We haven't dismissed him as easily as maybe some other people have. Um, is there a quarterback battle at Notre Dame going on this spring? First of all, not should yeah. there be it just is there a quarterback battle going on right now at Notre Dame? So of course we have to we have to uh frame this in the fact that we get three minutes of video from every mm-hmm. practice and it is on the button three minutes. Okay. So, you know, we're going off of what we see in those three minutes. And you know, Notre Dame, they're not they're not a bunch of dummies over there. They're they're only gonna show what they want to show us, right. right? Um, so when I'm talking about what we're seeing, I'm talking about from those three-minute videos, what we're mm-hmm. seeing. And what what I have seen is I've seen Drew Pine running with the first team. I've seen – and and we we were told – only – he's not the only quarterback of the first team, but he's getting a lot of – He's it. getting a lot of first-team reps. And 
And we were told that he is going to get those first team reps, him and Jack Cohn. Um, and I don't. Brian Kelly never said anything about Tyler Buckner getting first team reps, did he? Never said he wouldn't either. We just okay. haven't seen it yet okay. in the clips that we've that we. So seen. yeah, so we we've seen him get a lot of first team reps. I'm talking about Drew Pine, and from what I've seen, I have been very impressed with his accuracy. Uh, I've been impressed with his arm strength. Uh, he's pushed the ball downfield. There, there was a, a clip today where he kind of did a little pump fake. He hesitated, and then he mm. threw an interception. Right. And that's a rookie mistake. You know, when you hesitate, you're it not, good things aren't going to happen. And you need to trust your instinct. You need to trust your gut. And you're going to learn that as you move forward. Um, but I've been very impressed. And if, you're, if I didn't know any of the extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. about who these guys are, where they came from, you know, all of that, if I was just watching the three-minute video film footage i've been more impressed with number 10 than i have been with number 17 which which is which is cone i i we'll, have, we'll get more into that we'll get more into that we're gonna get more into that but that so, that's where i sit right now i've been very impressed with drew pine so the question vince is okay you're saying there is a quarterback battle going on i, I it, it the, appears that there is right I, I i agree with you now the question is should there be Obviously, you bring Jack Cohn in, right? The expectation is that Jack Cohn is going to start. Sure. And and I'll share my opinions on this in a little bit. But before I do, I want to get your should there be Mm -hmm. a quarterback battle this spring? We have not talked about this before the show. We kind of came up with this topic as far as whether or not we agree or disagree. So I'm very curious to see what your where your thoughts are on this, Vince. Personally, I believe there absolutely should be a quarterback battle. I look, Drew Pine's been in the program for two years. Um, well, year and year and a bit, uh, you know, he's been in the program. Uh, this is his second, su- third semester on campus. Yeah, you there know, you go. So, second and a half, right? And so, <laughs> first spring got cut a little short. <laughs> there, uh, Jack Cohn's been on campus for a month. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that look, I, I agree with bringing in Jack Cohn from a leadership standpoint, from a depth standpoint. All of those things, I think he absolutely should have been brought into this room. But once you're in the room, I don't think anything should be a given mm-hmm. because I you and you and I have talked about Drew Pine and what he brings to the table from a mental standpoint, um, from a physical standpoint. We, we've talked about Drew Pine. We like Drew Pine. And I don't think I'm speaking out of line to say that you like Drew Pine. I like Drew Pine. I think he could be a really, really good collegiate starter, especially in uh, an RPO type offense. Uh, where it's quick decisions, <laughs> quick throws. Uh, I think he could be very, very successful in that type of an offense. I really, really do. I would be fine with Jack Cohn starting. I really would. But my caveat, and I've said this in previous podcasts, is he, I want him to earn it. Right. I want him to earn that spot. And so there absolutely should be a competition. And if the two front runners right now are Drew Pine and Jack Cohn, that's great. I think that there, there will be a winner from that. And if there is a true winner, if if one guy beats the other guy out, then you've got natural order in that mm-hmm. room, and you don't have infighting. You know what I mean? Like if yes. somebody's just named the starter without earning it, I don't think you get the support. Or if it's kind need. of a oh, we're we're you know we're going to have a battle, right? But everybody knows that one right. guy's going to start. No I have matter a huge problem with practice. that. Yeah. I have a huge problem with that's that. where you start getting some of the uh, dissension. And I think that's what happened in 2016. Yes. I I think that 
from every, a lot of the people I've talked to, what we saw in practices, I thought Malik Zaire outplayed Deshaun Kaiser. And Deshaun Kaiser, or Malik definitely had better leadership qualities than, than yes. Deshaun Kaiser. But it just seemed that no matter how well Malik played, it was always going to be Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. Uh, so, and that, so that was one of the many things that fractured that team. That's just, that's just, that's not my opinion. That's what I've been told by a lot of people yeah. um, that were a part of that team. So I agree with you. There needs to be a quarterback battle. There should always be a quarterback battle. I I, I mean, look, we've seen just uh, Jalen Hurts leads Alabama to the national title game as a freshman, leads Alabama down for a go-ahead touchdown if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson being a, a monster, he you know, in that next series, he's he's a national champion. The next sure. year he leads Alabama to the national championship game, struggles, gets benched, I think second quarter, right? To a tongue blow comes in, beats him out, and Jalen Hurts isn't the starter at Alabama anymore. Sure. You know, so you know, for me, that's how it is. If there's a better guy, you play him. Kelly Absolutely. Bryant leads Clemson to the college football playoff, and then the next year gets beat he's, out in the fourth game yeah. by Trevor Lawrence, right? Right. So to me, there should always be competition. Now there needs to come a point in time where once a, a veteran has established himself, right, uh, and and he needs to really fail to get benched, and it, like kind of like I advocated for in 2019 at one point in time with Notre Dame. But you know, a bad game shouldn't result in the guy that you liked better or that earned the job over the period of time getting getting benched. So for me, I, I always think there should be a quarterback battle, especially when you just lost a starter. Having right. said that. I, I think I still think it's inevitable that Jack Cohn is going to win the battle. I, I think right. that's that's where I come down to it, and, and I don't necessarily agree that I've been more impressed with with Drew Pine. I, I've been impressed with Drew Pine. You and I are on the same page on Drew Pine, where we tend to disagree is on Jack Cohn. I think that's where we have a difference of opinion, and, and really, we we saw it in today's practice as well. And I'm going to have an article about this at IrishBreakdown.com. It's it's finally done, but with pro day, some other things, I pushed it back a little bit. I'm going to probably put it out tonight or maybe first thing tomorrow. But you know, going through studying the numbers of mm -hmm. Jack Cohn as a deep ball thrower, not not so much from a volume standpoint, but sure. from a a an effectiveness standpoint. And then diving into the film and watching him make throws, I like the fact that he is. He's a he's not afraid to chuck that sucker down the field. Sure. As we kind of talk, we're going to put some quarterback uh, clips on. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is from today's practice. You know, to me, Vince, I, I think Jack Cohn is a. I, I think the thing I like about Jack Cohn and, and Drew Pine for me that when I look at this this battle between these two is I do see similarities between the two, and I think that's going to help Notre Dame because you don't have two completely different players like we've seen in past quarterback battles. Deshaun Kaiser and Malik Zayer were different quarterbacks. Brandon Wimbush and, and Book. Well, were, first yeah. Wimbush well, and Book, and then Book yeah. and Jerkovic, you know, where yeah. you have to adjust what you're going to do. Even if you throw Tyler Buckner in the equation, Tyler Buckner brings a different skill set to the table, but he's a similar quarterback. He, yeah. he can sit back in the pocket, and I think that's going to help Notre Dame because what they can do is – There was that hesitation, can, by the way, if anybody's yes, watching. But, but I love that because I want to see him take that shot yeah. that he's going to learn from and say, exactly. okay, next time Absolutely. if I, call, I don't go to it. That's, that's why I said it's a rookie see. mistake. When they're right. wearing the red jersey, a that's when you make that mistake. Great catch by Kane there. Yeah, but, it was. Um, you know, the thing for me, Vince, is I, I like the fact that they're all they're similar. So ah, there's the RPO. Oh, oh, baby. There's the RPO. Got excited when I was watching today's practice, by the way. So this is to me, this is definitely an RPO. You see guys blocking downfield. That's a great. Oh, look, it's a big play because there's no one there because they're playing yeah. the run. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. 
Um, but for me in this battle, I, I think the fact that they are similar should help the offense because they can just, hey, look, we're going to build the offense around our skill players and our line. And then we have three quarterbacks that are very similar. Whoever wins the job can run this offense. I do think that helps Notre Dame quite a bit. That's a beautiful uh, corner route right there by Jack Cohn. But that's the thing for me that separates Jack Cohn, and, we, and we're and we going to see that a little bit from, from Drew Pine because he is a young guy. Is that timing on that corner route is exceptional. And that's what I noticed from Jack Cohn is he doesn't have a big arm. His arm is not nearly as strong as Ian Books, in my opinion. Sure. Um, you know, especially on the 20 and ends. But he throws with such – he's very accurate. He spins it. That's a really tight spiral, but he gets the ball out so quickly. He's accurate. You just can't replace those things, and he's got big game experience. You know, he's a guy that's that's played against Ohio State twice. Uh, he's a guy that's played in the Rose Bowl. He's a guy that's played in some big moments, and so I just feel like that ultimately is, is why he's going to win the job, but, and I think win the job by the end of the spring. But I do love, love the fact that Drew Pine is not back down from this battle. He is competing, and he you is. can tell with every snap of the ball, he's, he's throwing confident. with conviction. He's throwing yeah. with confidence. I really like what I'm seeing. And I and to be honest with you, I like what I'm seeing from Tyler Buckner. I mean, he's made mm-hmm. some some freshman mistakes, but again, yeah. he hasn't played in over the a year. The arm talent's there. The yeah. arm talent is there. And, and, and that real release that he had last year that we saw at the uh, Elite yeah. 11 is not as funky. Yes. It's not, you know, it's a little bit more natural. Sure. Yeah, I have no problem with it. That's important. Um, but, you know, the ball the ball still comes out a little weird sometimes, and I think that's just still, him still getting used to the, um, the, the, the new motion. But he's, you know, this is why I wrote back when he first enrolled, look, he's a phenomenal talent, but he's going to need time. And you have to have patience yeah. with him. And I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, he wasn't going to light the world on fire three practices into his Notre Dame. Well, career. and that's the other thing. I mean, right now, if we're going to make any kind of declarations, it's a two-horse race for the starting spot. Um, but I don't know that we need Tyler Buckner to be in that. I mean, I want him to compete. I, I don't even think Tyler but... Buckner needs to be the number two quarterback to play right. on Saturdays in the well, fall. That's a very good point. Because he does bring that unique element. That could, I mean, they could still do some they things have where a they package. They could, yeah, yeah, and and because he brings something to the table. Now again, he he can run the same offense those guys can run, but with him but you, you can, can tweak expand it. it. Yeah, you can tweak it, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Because he can I, run. Because he's like a legitimate that. runner. Jack Cohn and Drew Pine are both good athletes, but they're athletes in that if it's third and four and you drop eight, they can take off and run. For- We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven. You know, right. and, and we saw Jack Cohn run for a 20-yard touchdown against Michigan in 2019 
where Michigan dropped and they just vacated his zone and he takes off and runs for like a 15, 20 yard touchdown. Right. He can do stuff like that. But Drew Jack Tyler Buckner is a legitimate running threat. He is Correct. not only a guy that can make plays as a scrambler, but he's a guy you can call designed runs for. And so I do think there's still a, a, a possibility as he develops and grows. But look, I didn't expect Tyler Buckner to be in this battle in the spring. My expectation was that he would show enough in the spring to then force himself into that conversation sure. in the fall. And That's I, what he's I, gonna, and, maybe and, if I, maybe if he did in the spring, Vince, it would have been later in the spring, not sure. three practices then. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Well, and that's that that that's fair. And this was this the first practice with pads on? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought when I was watching the video. Okay, um, it's just uppers, right? And yeah. but they were they were hitting they were thudding, right? Mm-hmm. It was thud, thud a couple down. that were thuds that went to the ground, which I'm yeah, sure there was some yelling about not not they going to the ground. Guys. Yeah, I don't blame them. I love um, that. I, I I'd yeah. rather have a bunch of guys. You're like, hey, can we hit somebody, please? Yeah, you know, than to have right. guys. You're like, hey, guys, you know, it's, it's um, an uppers practice. I, I I did see, I believe, a little bit of zone read, because uh, it was a it was a run heavy type of practice at least Mm -hmm. video wise that we got i felt like there was some zone read in there um i couldn't really tell that it was kind of hard to tell i felt like it might have been but again they keep the they keep it so tight that it's kind of hard to see like to to really see whether it's going to be a zone read or not you kind of need that you know a little bit bigger picture view but um you know offensive line was doing good work today we're talking quarterbacks obviously Mm -hmm. but i i was pleasantly surprised with the video today yeah. Put it that way. And I think that back to the quarterback battle, I think a quarterback battle is good for your team too. Yeah. Because I think it says, hey, look, if 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 we're bringing in this veteran guy and he has to battle first position, everybody has to battle yes, first position. Because exactly. there's a lot of open competitions. And I and I think that kind of that kind of battle of quarterback sort of gets everybody rolling. Like, hey, there's a battle of quarterback. I got to step up and do my job. And, and I got to step up and make plays. And I got to help our quarterbacks get comfortable and confident and all well, those yeah. kind of things. And, and it also means that the yeah. dudes that, you know, they're going right. to also be with a potential number one sure. quarterback. So they're going to sure. want to perform. Sure. It's it's not like when you have Ian Book and it's kind of like, you know, he's a third year starter and just you, you kind of wait for him to tell everybody what's going on and to dictate things. Now it's like, Hey man, we're, we're all, we're all working towards something. So we right. got, we got to put in the work. So I, I think that's an interesting thing, Vince. I think the big thing for me, when I look at this quarterback situation is it's still going to come down to how they tailor the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it, if Brian Kelly wants to run the kind of offense he's ran in the past, there's no way Drew Pine's going to have a legitimate chance to start. There's just right. too much. There's just right. too much you're asking him to do. Is it too if, much to ask of a transfer, though? I mean, it's not. Nah, no, nah, I don't think and, it's too much because I think a transfer, it's to me, what Drew Pine is going through is not only is he learn, still learning the, the playbook and the, all mm-hmm. those kind of things, but he's learning how to lead an offense at the college mm-hmm. level. Uh, Jack Cohn already has all that down. That's true. I mean, he, he, already, he already knows all that. I, I think it's more he understands, you know, because Wisconsin runs a relatively complex offense as well there's audibles there's a lot of post-snap movement a lot of post-snap decision making it's sure 
it's not a complex system from in the fact that they run a million different plays, but it's a comp, <clears throat> com, complex system from the standpoint of the reads are, are challenging. And, and there's a lot of pre-snap and decision-making sure. and audibling and checks and things like that. So I, I think that the fact that he's done that and done that against Michigan and Ohio State and Oregon in the Rose Bowl is, to me, is, is where I think he'll be able to make that. But that's also why, by the third practice, he's not going to look like he's ready to lead this team to the national championship. Sure. There's going to sure. be learning curves for him, too. And he's getting used. And I think the sense. big thing for Jack Cohen is getting used to the speed he's throwing, too. I think that's going to be a big thing. For he's going to learn his receivers. And, and I think, guys yeah. Just, yeah. And I think Ooh. as he gets more comfortable with that, you're going to see him even take off because he's going to be like, Hey, I can just throw this sucker out there. Cause Braden Lindsay can go get it. Or Michael Mayer's a beast. He can go get sure. it. Like I had a decent tie. I had a good tight end, a tight end. I have a great tight end. Now, matter of fact, I got four of them. You know, we saw some of George Takis making plays today. And I, and I think that factors into it as well. And I think that's something that can help drew pine too, because a lot of the guys that are battling for the quarterback or for the, the starting jobs at wide receiver are guys he's through with last Absolutely. year. You know, Jordan Johnson, Xavier Watts, a lot of guys he was on the scout team with last year. So I think that helps Drew Pine as well, uh, knowing that, hey, a lot of the young guys, guys he came in with, right. you know, Kevin Bauman, uh, Xavier Watts, Jordan Johnson, we already talked about, Chris Tyree, uh, Michael Mayer he came in with. So he, sure. you know, he's, thrown to Mike, he's thrown to Michael Mayer in, at camps and things. So a lot of the guys he's, he came in with are, are fighting to be in the starting lineup or at least in the rotation. And I think that's going to help Drew Pine too is he's going to have a level of familiarity with those guys that should help him be more comfortable as well. Because that can be that can be challenging. You know, you got a bunch of returning starters. I've never thrown to these guys before. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, like if you're if you're with like a Chase Claypool or a Michael Floyd or a Will Fuller, it's like, oh man, you know, I got this stud receiver. I gotta I gotta make sure I get him the ball because you know this is our All American. I gotta keep him happy. You right. gotta worry about that. It's just look, man, just go through the read. That guy's fighting for a job just like you are. So I, I think that should help all the quarterbacks. But at sure. the end of the day. I think it helped. I think a quarterback competition is healthy. I think there is a legitimate quarterback competition. I still don't think it's going to change the ultimate outcome. Agreed. And the yeah. ultimate outcome is going to be Jack Cohn. But I, but to your point though, I think that if if Jack Cohn wins the job, like everybody sees that he wins the job. And when I say it's going to be Jack Cohn, I'm not taking a shot at Coach Kelly saying, "Oh, he's going to play the veteran." I I, I believe Jack Cohn's going to win the job. He's going to win the job. Yes, hundred percent. Right. This isn't a this isn't a criticism conversation right this is a legitimate i just think jack cone's a really good quarterback and i think he's gonna a college quarterback he's not sure. a guy that's gonna go be a first round draft pick in a year he's a good college quarterback he's more kyle trask than he is justin fields and trevor lawrence and those hey, look he, he's gonna go make a lot of money as a backup quarterback in the yes. nfl though so yeah. Yeah. you know hats off <laughs> yeah and one of the things i have in the in the article that's coming out is you compare his success to past wisconsin quarterbacks on the deep ball including a guy like joel stabby who's been in the nfl for a while you know i don't know if he still is but wasn't he the backup quarterback for the colts for a little for a while uh so you know yep. he, he he's done some things that you haven't seen any quarterbacks at wisconsin do and with the exception of you'd have to go way back to the early 2010s with that dude named what's his name super bowl ring mvp oh russell wilson uh that guy Average. Average. So, you know, when you're when you're saying, hey, the only person that's put up better numbers than me the last decade is Russell Wilson at this school, you're you're in you're in a good place. Yeah. And, no and, doubt. and so again, I ultimately I think it's gonna be good for him. But I, I think it's good for Jack Cohn to have to win the job because by winning it and have having to beat out Drew Pine, and this is where I think Drew Pine really playing well mm-hmm. is gonna be great for the quarterback position because number one, it gives you confidence that hey, if something happens to Jack, because remember he got hurt last year, missed the whole year with a foot injury. If something happens to him. You've got this kid that's battling, that's ready for the job. And I was talking with somebody yesterday about this very subject, Vince, and and, uh, and he said, look, I was I expected Drew Pine to run on the field against Alabama and look like 
like just this deer in headlights. And he's like, you know, yeah, he only ran a couple plays, and he, he I don't, he threw like one pass, right? Did he throw a pass in in that situation? But he, he said he just, one pass, he said he just walked on the field and he just looked confident, like, hey guys, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, you're you're right. He did do that, and and so this is a confident young man, and I think that if Jack Cohn has to beat him out that's going to gain a great deal of respect from his teammates. Cause sure. I think Drew Pine is a respected player. I've, we've talked before about how I've talked to sources of, especially some of the players that are now gone that say, boy, he, he made an impression on people last year. Mm-hmm. And, and just with how he carries himself, how he conducts himself, his intelligence, like talk. I was told he picked up the offense really fast. He's just a smart kid. We're talking about Drew Pine now. And so if Jack Cohn comes in and legitimately beats him out, that's going to, that's going to automatically say to the players, like, hey, you know what? We got ourselves a quarterback. But right. if something happens to Jack Cohn, there's still going to be a lot of confidence that that next guy in can can do it. And then if Tyler Buckner's good enough to to force himself into the mix, then you start really feeling good about this quarterback situation. No, that's a really um, good point. That's because really, really good th- point. these two guys are good football players. And, and I think there's this notion with, with Drew Pine, the reason there's a lot of folks that I've talked to off the, you know, off the air type of thing and away from the site, there's this – this automatic dismissal of Drew Pine because he's six foot. And, and I keep telling people in the world of the shotgun, that doesn't matter right. anymore. And, and, right. and here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it clear to you. Okay. Find a six, five person. If you're my height and you're six foot, find a six, five person and walk right up to him face to chest. Okay. And that person's taller. You can't see an off a player, but then back up seven yards. And he's no longer, you're looking up to him. He's kind of on your eye level and you can see past him. That's what the shotgun has done for short quarterbacks. Sure. Because sure. the, the problem with being a short quarterback in in a under center is your first three steps, those giants are right in front of you. You mm-hmm. have to see over them. When you're in the shotgun and you're already seven yards back, you can see everything. You can see beyond them. It doesn't impact you. Right. That's why all the really good sh- short quarterbacks almost all play in exclusive almost exclusively shotgun offenses. Yeah, Notre Dame is not an exclusive shotgun offense. We saw that today in practice. They were doing stuff from they under were. center. Yeah, they were. And, and I'm okay with that because I think there's a, a a place for an under center package. What I would like the Notre Dame to do is not be so under center directly, you know, play action straight back. I mean, do some bootlegs, do some half rolls, right. do some different things like that. And I'm fine with that as a mix up. But when you're a six foot quarterback, I don't care about how tall your line is because that's what the shotgun is for. And yeah, exactly. I was a six foot quarterback who had six five offensive linemen, and I'm telling you, it's not an issue. So I just wish people would get over that. This isn't 1987 yeah. anymore, where you knew, you you have to have that six three plus 215 plus pound quarterback. This is a different era, and it's not just the anomalies of Drew of Drew Brees anymore. It's you know two of the last three quarterbacks to go number one overall. Two of the last three quarterbacks to win the Heisman Trophy are six foot or shorter. And yes, they have special physical talent, but having a great arm and being athletic doesn't mean physics, the laws of physics sure. don't apply to you, you right. know, because if, if you're 5'10 and he's 6'7, I don't care how smart you are or how good your arm is or how athletic you are, you either can or you can't see over them, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of where, where I come down on this is we're seeing that there's a lot of quarterbacks with mediocre height now that are perfectly fine. Right. And it's because of the shotgun. And so I hope that people kind of get that his height out of it. It's not an issue. Ian Books, when he struggled throwing the ball downfield, it had nothing to do with his height. It just didn't. It he, did. You're right. He, he didn't have any offensive linemen in front of him yesterday at the pro day. Good point. He had Tommy Reese in front of him, though, Coach. Come on. <sighs> okay. 
Tom Reese isn't exactly a giant. <laughs> well, look, I, I never once watching Ian Book play at Notre Dame thought, man, if he could only see over the line. Like I never, I never had that thought because then there was a lot of times where, you know, we would get the behind, you know, the, the view from behind, my favorite view, the end zone view, right? It was never an issue of finding guys. It was never an issue of being able to see. And that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, you can dispel that rumor right away. That, that, that was never an issue. Now, we talked about it being a potential issue when like, Josh Lug was center and he's 6'7". Yes. We, we talked about that and the mechanics of being a center. Because he's right there in front he's of he's right you. in the middle. Right. We've talked about that. That could potentially pose a, an issue. But, Especially as, as much as Notre Dame was under center last right. year. That was the other part of it. Right. So, But most of the time, 99% of the time, it is not an issue. And, you know, quarterbacks have evolved. Offenses have evolved so that that's yeah. not it. Because, look, not every team is going to have a 6'5 quarterback. Right. That, that's just facts. So right. you need to adjust for what you have. So. Not only that, Vince, but the other reason that a, a tall center can be a little bit more problematic even in a shotgun is, is it creates a, a more challenging throwing lane. Yes. Because when you're throwing like kind of out to your left and right and you're throwing over tackles, usually those throws are a little bit longer, so the trajectory is going to come out a little, a little higher. higher. Sure. When you're throwing a crossing route that's five yards, that trajectory has to be lower. Right. And if, if that timing of it is to where I, I kind of have to throw over the center, it makes it a lot harder. Then you have to either throw early or throw late, and that mm-hmm. can be a little bit problematic to when you have a 6'7 center and you are a shorter quarterback. But that's a little bit challenging for a guy that's 6'5". I mean, you know, Phillip Rivers was 6'5". Go look at his release point and compare it to, to Drew Brees' release point. And you're going to see they're about the same if not Drew Brees isn't higher because Drew Brees had a very over-the-top throwing motion and Phillip Rivers threw from his elbow or yeah, threw from right. his armpit. You know, right. so those are things that factor into it as well. So uh, we're, we're getting off the, the target a little bit, but I, I, I bit. want to make it about this is the reason I just don't care about Drew Pine's height. If he doesn't win the starting job, it's not because he's six no. feet tall. No, not at all. Now It could be because maybe he's not physically ready to play 600, 700 snaps last year, next year. Right. I think that's a legitimate question. Sure. Is it a year early for him? But I, I think the bigger part of this too, Vince, is a great spring from Drew Pine and winning that backup job then puts him in unique position in 2022 should Jack Cohn not be back because there still is debate about whether he does or doesn't have an really? extra year in 2022. I, I don't think that he does, but there's people claiming that he does, and I'm still trying to get clarification for that. So we'll, we'll see. But So that'll be the interesting thing for me. But I, you know, back to the quarterback battle. The one thing I'll say is I hope that whoever's going to win this, and, and again, I, I do think it's going to be Jack Cohn because of the combination of experience and sure. you know those types of things. I hope it's somewhat quickly because if the it, you want to at some you want to go into the spring or the summer with an idea of who your guy is. Absolutely. Now that doesn't mean that you don't have a battle when we get back to the fall, but sure. But there, there's a whole uh, you know, and for people that don't understand how summer works, I mean, went went normal summers. Um, you know, quarterbacks are out there organizing seven on sevens and all that fun stuff. And it, it's just easier when there's a defined leader of all of that, if that makes sense. I mean, you can, like you said, you can still have a battle, but coming out of spring, it's nice to have that more or less defined when the coaches are going to be taking a step back and it's going to be more player oriented, et cetera. Yeah, that's um, that's going to make for an interesting spring. And then, how quickly does it happen? I don't right. think they need to rush it this spring, to be honest with you. I right. think the I think the yeah, way the practices go, 
you can get a ton of reps for three quarterbacks. Yeah. And you can you can even more so get a ton of reps for two quarterbacks with your third quarterback maybe not getting quite as much work. You know, and Tyler Buckner kind of thing. Although I'd still like to see him. He needs a lot of work, even if he's not in the quarterback battle. They need to get him as Absolutely. many reps. But you, the way practices go now, Vince, it's different than when you and I were growing up, where everything was so structured and slow. They get a million reps, and you can get a million reps in an hour and a half practice now, yeah. where where you can you can get those that kind of work with half line reads and half field reads and half line runs and half field reads and tempo drills and things like that. You can get a million reps. Yeah, guys go at the same time. I mean, yeah. So I'm not yeah. as concerned about a guy needing to separate early for reps standpoint. You know, I think the only way that really matters is actually if Drew Pine wins the job. I think I think it's more important that he wins it quicker than Jack Cohn because Jack Cohn has so many reps. Right. And I do think we got to remember Jack Cohn shaking off the rust a little bit. He didn't play in the fall at Wisconsin because he was hurt. So that so that's the other thing that kind of has me excited about what I am seeing from him um you know so far. But again, I, I love what I'm seeing from Drew Pine. I, I think that hopefully even if Jack Cohn wins a job, I'm hoping that you know people start putting a little bit more respect on Drew Pine's yeah. name as far as being a legitimate quarterback at Notre Dame. Whether he ever wins the job or not, that's going to be determined by whether or not you know, Tyler Buckner steps up or how well Drew plays and all that, but it doesn't mean Tyler Buckner's – I mean, Drew Pine's not a good football player. So I, I like the fact there's a quarterback battle. I think it's a real quarterback battle. I don't. It doesn't change my prognosis for who's going to win. Uh, if anything, it makes me happier because I think now Jack Cohn is going to have to really be pushed and step up his game, well, which is never a bad thing. And, and I think if you if you get him alone in a room and you talk to him and you put, give him a little truth serum, he wants a battle. Every yeah. athlete wants Every a competitor game. wants to Every compete. competitor. Yeah. That's a better phrase. Thank you. Every competitor wants a battle. They want to earn their spot. Right. They don't want something handed to them. They right. don't. Competitors don't. And right. regardless of what anybody says, that you're not a real competitor if you just want it handed to you. So um, if Jack Cohn is the competitor that I think he is, uh, he wouldn't have transferred to Notre Dame if yeah. he was number one. Well, that's that's the one thing that, that so, he's going to yeah. have to do that to be re- to be respected by yes. his teammates. Because look, that's exactly right. Say what you want about Ian Book, and and everybody knows my opinion of Ian Book as a quarterback. The one thing you'll never hear me question is his competitiveness. Right. I mean, I still remember when you know Notre Dame went eight and three, and they were ranked all the way number th- three in the country, and Brandon Wimbush had like almost a thousand yards rushing and all that. You go out in the spring that year, and it's like Ian Book was walking around acting like he was a starting quarterback. And and that's not a knock. That's a tremendous criticism because it was like, yeah, okay, fine. You went 10 and 3, but you know, I'm I'm gonna win this job. And yeah. and even when Brandon was named the starter at the beginning of the 2018 season, you could just see that Ian Book was like, Okay, that's all right, I'm still coming for you. And I love that competitiveness. And then when he got the job, you never saw any complacency from Ian Book. You never saw a guy that was like, Well, this is my job now, I can just kind of coach. You never saw that for all right. my criticisms of them. I mean, that's something, and that's something your teammates see. They know the work you're putting in. They know that you're a grinder. They know that you're always battling to, okay, now I won the job. Now let's go win a championship. Yeah. And, and to me, if you're, if you're afraid of competition for the starting quarterback job, you're how competitive are you going to be when, you know, you're getting to those big games and, and you're playing Alabama and Clemson, Ohio state. And, sure. and so that's why I look at it. And it doesn't mean that guys don't transfer, just transferring doesn't mean you're afraid of competition. Transferring just means like, okay, I lost a battle or there, I'm not going to get that chance. And I want to go somewhere. I'm going to get a chance, you know, but, but for me, I think that you have to win that level of respect first. That hey, I'm I have no problem competing. Notre Dame didn't promise me the starting job. Uh, I, I'm going to come in, battle my butt off, and and win that job and earn the respect of my teammates. Because after having a quarterback like Ian Book the last three years, if you're not willing to be a worker, if you're not going to come in and and battle and and have sort of that toughness, they're not going to respect you. 
right. they're going to compare you in that regards to the guy that just left. Yeah. Right or wrong, fair or not, that's just that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And if you can combine that with making plays, then your teammates are going to love you. And that's true for Jack Cohn, Andrew Pine, and Tyler Buckner. Yep. You know, so the guys that you know the th- the three quarterbacks that are really you know, the future of this position. So Vince, any other thoughts before we wrap up? Any other things that you've kind of noticed from the spring practice so far? I mean, again, look, it's three minutes of practice. I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, look, I want to be at practice. Okay. I'm actually appreciative of the film that we've got from Notre Dame because, because in the past we'd get like five or six super slow-mo plays and, and you don't really see anything. And, and, you know, we're getting team reps. We're getting yeah. one-on-one reps. We're getting, you know, we haven't had any special teams reps in the last two days. And I'm appreciative of that. And, and But, again, it's still three minutes of clips of an hour and a half practice. Right. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone should be saying, oh, man, so-and-so is ready to have a monster breakout season. But I do think there's some observations that you can make. For example, like from today's practice, did you notice Nana Osafa Mensa making plays in the backfield multiple times? I, I was, I was actually impressed with the entire defense making some plays yeah. in the backfield, but that, you know, that's a whole other. Sebo yeah. <laughs> Flemister was running for his life at times. I, he was going to hand off, and there's like three guys right I there. I felt really bad. For but him. I, one thing, you know, one play, it was, it was, I thought it was Justin Adamiola. I actually wrote in my notes it was Justin Adamiola because it looked like the kind of play he always makes. Sure. And then I looked, I was like, oh, that's an eight. Yeah. And I was like, nine. okay. Yeah. And it was Nana. And then there was another play later where he just – Sebo gets the ball and literally Nana hits him as soon as he That's gets the great ball. news. Because they, so, they really needed him to kind of step up and take, yes. a, take a role yes. step chart. That, yes. Saw Myron Tungvaloa setting the edge on the run game. Saw some 3-3-5 today, Vince, yep. with yep. three linebackers on the field. Also saw some 3-3-5 with the Viper playing off the ball. So that was interesting. Um, you know, it's it's Houston Griffith looks really good in the clips that we've seen. He's you know, it, there's even a play where he, he the the corner route that uh, Jack Cohn beat. I mean, that ball came out fast, and Houston was still there right when he caught the ball. Uh, you know, so so that's encouraging to see. Just flying around on defense, that's the one thing yeah. you see. Even when they're giving up plays, they're flying around. I yep. like that. Um, we're seeing a lot of movement along along the offensive line. I'm still trying to gather some information, but I'm hearing some really good things about a, a, a couple young offensive linemen that I'm hoping to share next week that uh, nice. is, is got some encouragement. So, I, I and man, they're throwing a mess of deep balls in practice. Man. They really I mean, are. Maybe they're, they're like, only showing us the only ball. three deep. I mean, it's like look, we threw five deep balls, put them all put on the on the tapes. <laughs> you know, but maybe maybe that's going on, but. Man, they're throwing a lot of deep balls. Cam Hart made a really nice play on Avery Davis today. Uh, really well-thrown deep ball by Jack Cohn that uh, Cam Hart made a great play on. And he's been in good position in practice. So even the couple times they've caught balls on him, he's been in really good position, uh, which I like. Uh, anything else that you've kind of seen from practice? I mean, again, today's first day of pads, sure. but just any other quick observations? You, you kind of hit like most that? of them. I, I've, I've really liked the push of the offensive line. I've liked the speed of the defense. Um, I was going to comment on the fact that they are throwing the ball deep an awful lot. And with accuracy, I mean, yeah. again. You know, when it's incomplete, it's it's not pickable. If that, right. If you understand that's, that. Like, that's exactly right. It's some good catches uh, on those deep balls. And I mean, let's face it, the RPO got me. More excited than it should have. Now, it might have been the only RPO, and they're like, Kelly's like, listen, get that one RPO in the drills. I want Driscoll to shut up and stop bugging me about RPOs. You know what? It was wide open. Did you see how aggressive Jack Kaiser was on the backside of that sucker? Yeah. He just pulled it and threw it behind him. There's nobody there. 
that's what RPOs do. They make the defense wrong. So right. Right. And hopefully we see more of that, but you never know. Yeah, I hope so. But it was good to see, though. I mean, at least, yeah. you know, I was actually kind of a little discouraged because we saw so much under center early in practice. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought Dylan Gibbons and a couple run game reps we've seen is really physical, really, really battling there. That was good to see. We've seen Andrew Kristoffic playing left guard and right guard and center. So they're tr- clearly trying to find a home for him. So Michael Carmody playing a little center today. He was playing right tackle in the first practice. So, <laughs> so um, yep. So, I, it, get to fall yeah. There. Yeah. And that's the thing I like. There's a lot of battles. Just seeing who, you know, look, you, you sometimes you move a guy and you're like, yeah, okay, that's, you, you know, happen. after two practices, like, that's not going to work. Like that guy cannot get in a left-handed stance. I, I mean, can attest so to that. when you're that's the so just so people understand, like when you're uh, an offensive lineman, you're playing on the right side. You, you're playing right-handed. I mean, your footwork is a certain way and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes when you move a guy to the left side, it's almost like trying to make a right-handed batter mm-hmm. bat left-handed. It just feels awkward. Everything is like this is just just feels wrong. Some guys can make a quick adjustment, as you know, Vince. Some guys can't. Some guys are unable to. Right, uh, you know, to do that. So you never know how a guy's going to click when he moves to another position. You never know how. I mean, who'd have thought Jarrett Patterson would have picked up center as easily he, as he did? Right. I mean, the, the way he played as a redshirt freshman in 2019, you'd have thought he's been playing centers whole life. You know, you wouldn't have thought that he just started snapping a few sure. months before that. Some guys, you move back there and you, you know you, you roll about seven balls back there. And you're like, yeah, he ain't a center. <laughs> this guy ain't getting it done. So I, I, you know, that's that's going to be the interesting part about how this spring goes with all those guys is who who who's most comfortable, who mm-hmm. who fits in, and I and I'm really curious to see. I, we're, we're not going to know this, but I'm really curious to see what's going to happen to linebacker. Uh, that's still one that really intrigues me. So I saw a couple of those uh, those uh, ha- they were doing half line runs. So essentially, what that is, and in practice, you do half line runs is about maximizing reps. So you have a center, a guard, and a and a tackle. Your center, your left guard, and your left tackle on one side and they're going to run a play and you've got like your defensive tackle end and a linebacker. And then about 10 feet away, you've got center guard, right guard and right tackle. Sometimes you'd have a tight end and they're running to the right. Right. And it's, a, it's called half line drill. So you immediately left side runs a play. Then the right side runs a play, left side runs a play, right side runs a play. So you're getting a lot of that work and you're just not getting the backside work, but you're working on those front side blocks. We saw some of that today. Saw Saint Shane Simon feeling really aggressively during those drills, you know, and obviously you can't tackle, but he's there at the line of scrimmage, you know, beat Zeke Carell. Zeke Carell got good block destruction to beat Zeke Carell on, on a play. So that was good to see. That was very good to see. I was happy to see that, um, you know, because we, we've talked about what Shane Simon was in 2020, but also what we hope Shane Simon can be moving forward. So uh, a lot to see. But, of course, we have all this at irishbreakdown.com and um, – We'll continue to have more. I think the next practice is Saturday, Vince, correct? I, I believe, believe I look at the schedule. They, they go every Saturday, I do believe. Yeah, and then yeah. there's one weekend where they're not going to be on it. They're going to move it. It's going to be like on a Wednesday. So there's one week where they kind of slow down, and there's only two, I believe, two practices during that week to try to extend the, the springs. Mm-hmm. My dad asked me, why don't they just practice every day? It's because then they get done in two weeks, and yeah. you miss all those meeting opportunities and those different things in between then. So it's it's smart to to spread it out and and – you know, when you take usually, that. It's usually spread out even more because there's usually spring break yeah. in the middle of there. Yeah, so. the, especially lately, Vince, they did that weird thing where they'd have like one practice, yeah, and then go on spring break yeah. and then come back, and it's like, why? Yeah, why? I, don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. Whatever. But you always found out who uh, who had more fun on spring break than uh, than the others because you're like, yeah, you uh, didn't do any working out, did you? You just you just did curls the whole time. <laughs> yeah, twelve ounce ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
So we'll obviously continue to have more spring coverage as uh, as we get access to it. We'll continue to try to dive into our sources uh, to find out who's doing what. Got starting to get a little bit more, but uh, we'll we'll hit you up with some of that next week. And of course, today we announced on on uh, yeah. at Irish Breakdown that we have officially hired Eric Rudder as a recruiting analyst. So that's awesome. exciting. We're going to start getting him here as he starts getting more and more acclimated with the Notre Dame recruiting operation and who's what and who's all those kind of things. We'll start getting him on the podcast and and on the YouTube channel. So I'm excited. We're growing, you know, yes. and this is a, a full-time deal. So I'm very excited about that. Very excited to act, add Eric onto uh, the rotation. You know, Vince, when I hi- when I gave him a, tr- we gave him a trial period, you know, I heard a lot of good things about him from folks at SIL American. He came right. highly recommended from some other people in the Maven network. He's covered recruiting in the past. And so I said, Hey, look, you know, let's do a, let's do a trial period. You know, let's do a trial period of a month. And, you know, give me 10, 12 articles or something like that. You know, just let me see what you do. I just wanted to see how he would write and if he could get a hold of kids and all that kind of stuff. And he did like 30 some articles. And then (laughs) I had like three, like in the, you know, in the, you know, on deck where I'm like, hey, I'm not going to put them up today because we got pro day and stuff. But, you know, and I didn't give him no direction. He just kind of, hey, by the way, I called so and so. Oh, okay. I gave him a list of 10 guys. And, you know, he went through that list of 10 guys real quickly and then just started adding dudes to the list, which I was kind of excited about. I wanted to see that. So it just made a lot of sense. And I offered him the, the job last night and he accepted immediately. And so we're excited to be a part of he's excited nice. to be a part of the team and get that and, boy. Uh, hat. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get he needs a hat, too. He's got that long, young guy hair, you know, oh, yeah. so we got to give him an IB hat. But, um, you know, that's where we're at. So. Uh, welcome Eric to the, t- to the team. If you, if you don't follow him on Twitter, it's at Eric Rudder, R U T T E R at, uh, at Eric Rudder S I, uh, you can find him on Twitter. And then of course, any of the articles that he writes at irishbreakdown.com, you'll have his link to his Twitter page at the bottom. And then of course you can sign up for our daily newsletter to make sure that you're getting all of our best content in your mailbox every morning. So that's another way you can get acclimated to what we're doing at irishbreakdown.com. And of course, Vince subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so that way you know whenever we put out a new video and wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure that you subscribe to Irish Breakdown on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. We'd greatly appreciate that because we're trying to grow our brand and grow our site so that way we can always make sure that we provide you a ton of free content, as much free content as possible. That is always our goal, but it requires you to help us out. And that means reading our stuff every day, listening to our podcast and watching our podcast. If you're someone that prefers it on YouTube. So for Vince D'Addario, I'm Brian Driscoll. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for your uh, patronage of irishbreakdown.com and being a part of our community. And we are so excited for uh, what's coming down the road. So we're just getting started, Vince. We're just right. getting started. So everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll be back mailbag tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. Vince, will you be there for the tomorrow's I mailbag? I will be in Calumet, sir. You'll be in Calumet. You guys, the guy, you guys have a game tomorrow, correct? We do, yeah. We have okay. a little, little, little good Friday baseball in the afternoon. So and Then you have a home game on Saturday, which I'm hoping to be at, correct? Yeah, man. Home, home so, opener on Saturday, man. Looking forward to busting out the new white uniforms, baby. So that's why you're not always going to see Vince as much or hear Vince as much here during these uh, months of uh, April and May because Vince is also the head baseball coach at Riley High School, as you can see on the shirt and the uh, jersey behind him. Right. So uh, wish Vince the best of luck. But once baseball season winds down, we'll be back to pumping out tons of content as we get ready for the season. So everyone have a great rest of your day. We will talk to you again tomorrow. And uh, as always, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon.